It's been a long time since we had a knockdown, drag out fight with each other. But last week was a humdinger. I think the main thing we've learned from it is both of us are under stress and we both need to cut each other a little slack here. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze. Beginners learning subsistence farming using three simple principles. Approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's gotta be fun while we're doing it. And we don't make allness statements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian. Lee, you're right. It has been a long time since we had any kind of serious argument with each other. And I've always remembered about life crises, whether they're positive or they're negative, they create a lot of stress for individuals. But a lot of our stress is stemming from the fact that we're basically living in two different places. Um, We spend a lot of time in transit, moving stuff and ourselves from one place to another, um, and it just gets old. And constantly needing something and realizing it's 100 miles away from where we are. That's right. That's right. So, And I think we calculated how much time we spend on the road. Like, what if we had those hours back to do other things? <laughs> it would be pretty nice. Because I guess it's we're talking an hour and 45 minutes either way. So, And we're making at least one trip a week, sometimes right. two. Yes. So it's, um, it's, it's not inconsequential. But I think the fight stemmed from the fact that we were finger pointing about, you know, was it your fault that the barn isn't being finished sooner? Our living arrangements are not um, crystallizing down in Elmore County faster. Is it my fault that I haven't packed up enough boxes and worked hard enough at the house here to try to get the house put on the market? Um, We just, it, it really deteriorated to that point. And we probably needed to have that so we could clear the air. Right. Fortunately, our relationship with each other is strong enough that uh, I think we had that altercation with each other, and it probably lasted a sum total of three or four minutes, and we quickly realized we're on the same team here, and neither one of us is the enemy. We both have to work to, to accomplish the same goal, and we just have complementary tasks to accomplish That's that right. goal. But there's no question that it was painful for yes, you and me both. Yes. And one of the things that we've talked about since then is, and this has relevance for anyone who is attempting to do something similar to what we're doing, everything we're doing at Longleaf Breeze is a little weird if you're right. accustomed to doing things the way the culture is used to doing them. The electrician sees things, you know, we're, we're asking the electrician to do things that are a little unusual. We're asking the, the plumber to do things that are unusual. We're asking the framer to do things that are unusual. We're asking the pest control people to do things that are unusual. And the result of all of that is that everything moves more slowly. That's right. They're doing their best. We don't have anybody who's digging in their heels and saying, oh, no, I refuse to do it this way. It's just that they're having to scratch their head about the best way to do it right. and accomplish the goals that you and I have articulated for them. That's that's correct, yes. So yeah, so we do need to be patient with the pace. Uh, but I think we've got 
things are coming to a head right before the holidays here, and we're finding that we need to light somewhere since our family will be joining us. So We do, and uh, you know, here we are planning to spend an unusual amount of time uh, at the farm these next few days, right. at the farm and, and other places all away from Birmingham. Um, and we do need to be patient with each other and with our uh, people who are helping us as well about the pace at which this happens. Although a, a dear friend of mine, Rob Moxley, uh, pointed out to me today that here we are in the fall and we are heading into hunting season. And right. <laughs> when you have, when you're asking somebody who makes a living in the trades to take a break from hunting season to get work done for you, um, sometimes that's a tough competition. That's we right. may lose. That's right. Of course, you know, the weekends would be mostly when I'm thinking hunting would take place, but maybe I'm wrong. You would, huh? I would. I might be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll just be sure we have orange vests for people who come to visit. That's, that's one of our, uh, and speaking of deer. We have been working on the deer fence. We actually, the, the preparation for, for installing the deer fence, we haven't even gotten to the point of unrolling that fence and getting the posts out and all that. But uh, you did. Well, we did a good bit yeah. of work last mm-hmm. week on getting the fence line cleared away. And um, I remember a couple of times as we were cutting down trees and cutting them up, all, all of the trees that we're having to cut down, we are also cutting up in such a way that we can use them for firewood. And I remember a couple of times when I looked up and you were looked up and we caught eye contact and said to each other, BTUs, BTUs. That's right. We're, we're, <laughs> even though it's a big job right now, we also know that we are preparing the way with firewood that we can use to keep warm. So right. that was that part is good. Uh, but you always hate to cut down trees, and right. we hate to cut down trees. And and the only reason we're having to is because of the way that fence has to connect, or or they prefer you to connect the fencing to trees whenever possible to sort of help camouflage that fence from deer. Exactly. Right? Isn't that so? Uh, to reiterate what we probably have shared with you before, deer don't see real well. So one of the things that deer fence has going for it, uh, a deer can easily jump over the fence line that we are building, uh, but shh, don't tell the deer. Because <laughs> when the deer walks up, um, the deer sees a barrier and doesn't have real good eyesight to see where the fence stops and starts. So anything we can do to confuse the deer, to leave right. them uncertain about how tall the fence is, it makes the fence more effective. Right. And didn't the instructions tell us that around surrounding these uh, points of attachment, whether it be a post or a tree, there needs to be about a six-foot clearance? So that's why we have to take down some of these trees? Exactly. Right. And you're so. doing that so that you can keep the fence line clear and so you don't have vegetation begin to attach itself mm-hmm. to the deer fence. That right. would be a, a very bad thing. So. All right. So, so we did uh, what we did. He would do a lot of, Lee did a lot of, um, uh, chainsaw work, getting the trees cut down, and uh, to the extent possible, I was dragging tree branches over to a big fire that we had going um, out on Veg Hill. So we, we did no a lot of burning. how much burning you did that day. You just kept feeding right. that fire, right. and it kept burning down, of course, but you kept feeding it more mm-hmm. and more and more. Right. And then the process, we got pretty dirty that day and covered with ash and soot. And oh. what a joy it was for the very first time, I must say, 
to be able to go directly from doing all that hot, grimy, sweaty work. And even though it was a relatively cool day, we were hot and grimy and sweaty. That's right. When we finished. What a joy to go straight from the work and get a shower. In the past, because we have not had shower facility available at the farm, we get all hot and grimy and sweaty and icky, and then we get in the car and drive somewhere where we take a shower. And boy, was it nice to be able to step right into the shower and get clean right away. That's right. And then after that, we had uh, Sunday, we got to go back to a church, a church we've been visiting that we really like. Episcopal Um, Church of the Epiphany in Tallahassee. Mm -hmm. And had a very pleasant stay there and then came back and had lunch. And a good friend of mine came and walked around the property with us. And so we just enjoyed the afternoon together with her. It was very pleasant. And we really did have uh, something resembling a Sabbath day of rest. That's right. On Sunday. It was um, visiting with your friend. You don't want to mention her name. No, I'd be glad to. I want to shout out to my friend, Susan Fur Powers. Glad you could come and hope you'll come back soon. And we had a nice visit with Susan, and then we had a nice long chance to walk around the property. And that's always fun for you and me to have a chance to walk around and see what's going on. Right, right. And we have a tendency, as we all have discussed, that we keep our head down and we work, and we don't have a chance to do that. So thanks to Susan, we uh, got out and enjoyed the the land a little bit. And it was uh, a day of rest. Uh, I won't say a full day of rest because, as I recall, you were back out at the farm, <laughs> uh, back out at the fire later on Sunday right, afternoon yes. after Susan had left, but, working you know, some more. That's work, but actually, I kind of enjoy burning. I may have a little pyromaniac in me, maybe I don't know, but so getting that fire stirred back up and adding some more limbs until I lost my light, <laughs> literally until dark, um, was not all the, altogether unpleasant. And I remember standing on the open, the outdoor work area of the pole barn and saying, Ma, come on in. It's, I know. It's dark. I know. I do have Long that. since after sunset. We weren't talking about sunset yeah. anymore. We're talking about nighttime. It was beginning to be nighttime. That's right. But one thing that happened to us that afternoon is we sat and talked to Susan. We had lunch out on our screen porch, and we looked up and saw all of these, uh, well, I couldn't tell, some kind of wasp or dirt dauber, that type of... Um, insect flying around that had gotten into our screen porch and we noticed we had noticed this before but we'd noticed that they were getting worse holes in our screen we have nylon screening out on the screen porch and we noticed holes that were some of which were getting bigger and some new ones appearing so uh, that has prompted another bit of inquiry in Elmore County you want to talk about that (laughs) be glad to actually um, I think that screen cloth material it may not be nylon I think it's fiberglass fiberglass okay um, and we, of course, assumed that screen cloth was screen cloth, and fiberglass is definitely uh, almost invisible. You can right. see through it really well. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all fine and well until you realize it's no longer screening anything, mm-hmm. and that's wh- where we realized we were. So um, I called the extension office in Elmore County, and I realized we don't call them enough. We need to use Mm -hmm. them more because they have so much information at their disposal. And this was a great example of that. Uh, The lady who answered the phone, uh, I cannot tell you her name, but she was kind enough to realize they did not have any agents there on site. But she said, um, here's the phone number of the agent in the field who can probably help you. And she gave me the phone number from Mallory Kelly. 
and I called Mallory and had a nice conversation with her, explained uh, what our problem is. It is that, one, our screen is developing many holes uh, varying in size from a, the size of a quarter to the size of less than a dime. And we couldn't figure out what was causing those problems, but we assumed it was something chewing holes in the screen. Mm -hmm. And we also noticed a bunch of wasps flying overhead on the porch. And they don't they were not we didn't ever see a nest. We just saw wasps buzzing around overhead. Well, Mallory didn't know the answer, but she called her friend an entomologist at Auburn, Charles Ray. And uh, I guess he is a doctor. Uh, so Dr. Ray sent her an email um, describing his theory, and she forwarded it to me. And the theory is this. We believe that what has happened is that we have an infestation of paper wasps. Paper wasps are good guys. We want mm -hmm. to protect them because, among other things, they eat caterpillars, and caterpillars um, can be a real uh, problem. Well, in fact, we saw them on the fennel this past summer. Yes, we've had some major problems with caterpillars in the garden. So anybody we can find who likes to eat caterpillars, we want to encourage them and reward them for hanging around. So we don't want to mess up our paper wasps. We just want them to hang out somewhere besides the back porch. <laughs> um, so what we hope, uh, and by the way, uh, Dr. Ray says that paper wasps do not build nests. They just buzz around. That, and he said they won't sting you unless they absolutely have to. It's not a problem of molesting people or anything like that. They're just an annoyance. But they're capable of chewing through a, fin a, a screen, a fiberglass, a fiberglass screen. fence. Right. He believes they are not likely to chew through wire screen. Hmm. That's so good. Je uh, Jeremy at Tallahassee True Value is ordering me a roll of, um, I guess it would be aluminum wire mm -hmm. screen to replace the fiberglass screen and we're going to have all new screen cloth and see if maybe that'll hold those wasps back right we hope so so that's been that's been an issue this is continuing the saga from last week of different varmints and creatures that tend to want to invade our living quarters <laughs> so it, it, the latest it does of seem many. like a constant struggle yeah, doesn't it yeah. but we hope that we can sort of figure out uh, what to do and what not to do, and then perhaps it won't be, we won't have to spend quite so much time figuring out what to do. We'll just be implementing right, our plan. Right, So, And we hope it doesn't mess up our view too much. That uh, screen that we have now is pretty invisible, as you said. And I, But, you know, I think back to my grandmother's house in Montgomery. She had metal screens in her windows, and you could see out, and I don't recall anything that could chew its way in. So they're, they were pretty sturdy. I think so, although I don't think there's any question that we will have less visibility right. with the wire screen than we've had with the fiberglass. Right. And I hate that because we have a nice view, but oh well, it can't be helped. Can't be right. helped. Well, do you want to talk a little bit about our, our problems with internet? We've had some struggles with <laughs> getting online down there and staying, staying as a part of the cyber world <laughs> One at of the, the farm. things that I have said and uh, you have agreed with me is the move that we are making from a sub suburb near Birmingham to uh, rural Elmore County it's taking us to the third world of the Internet. It's That's right. amazing uh, the 
the options you give up when you leave mm -hmm. a, a semi-urban location and move to the country. We could pay $80 a month for mediocre satellite service. Yeah. Uh, we could pay uh, for a, a very small amount for really, really slow dial-up service. Or we can do what you and I have opted to do, which is to contract with a cell phone company. And that's where we get our internet service right now. We have a Verizon network card attached to a router that provides a wireless internet um, capability throughout a little area in the barn. But that's the, mm -hmm. the, the issue we've been struggling right. with is the metal that clads the living areas of the barn degrades significantly the signal that comes into the Verizon card mm -hmm. and even degrades somewhat the wireless signal that goes throughout the, our little area there. And what, what you've watched me do these last <laughs> few days is juggle locations, trying to figure out where can we put the Verizon card and where can we put the router so that the Verizon card gets a good signal and the various devices that need to interface with the router get the wireless signal strength they need to function effectively. And it has been a struggle. We're still working on that. Uh, yeah. Our latest plan, which we're frankly not sure is going to work, is to attach a traditional router, a Linksys wireless router, to the uh, Verizon router and see if the Linksys router may be able to goose up that signal strength a little bit and make it through those metal walls a little better than mm -hmm. the cellular router does. Uh, that's a wild card right now. We don't right. know. We do know that it slows down the connection speed a tad to do that, but we hope it will give us a more uh, stable and resilient uh, internet service. Uh, but it's just one of those little headaches that comes when you live in the country that you don't worry about when you're living in the suburbs. That's right. And I'm sure it will be the first of many. Well, I'm already frustrated that I cannot find whole wheat bagels at the grocery store. So, you know, <laughs> we're giving up a lot of conveniences. And, um, well, the uh, yesterday I needed ink cartridges for my uh, printer. Where would you have gone in Tallahassee to get right, inkjet right. cartridges? Maybe there is somebody who sells right, them. Right, we'll need to look. I know there's a an office supply place uh, in old downtown Tallahassee that might have been Good. able to sell you something. But, but. Th but this little shop amazed me because here it is five minutes from our house here in Birmingham, and uh, they do nothing but sell ink cartridges. I mean, they're specialized. How can you make a living doing that? Right. But apparently but they, they were. Do. So anyway, we'll, we'll have lots more tales to tell, I'm sure, of the culture shock. Well, let's move. talk about our big move that's coming up next week. It's kind of scary. Mondays when we plan to do it. That's the 16th. We are renting a U-Haul truck, and we're loading it up ourselves with the washer, the dryer, the bed, the two chairs that you and I sit in in the evening, several straight chairs. A desk. A desk. And mattress and springs for the bed. Right, and the, and a little buffet that we use in the dining room. That's right. Got a very I small the buffet. So we will have a full truck heading from our uh, house in Birmingham down to the farm. 
next week. And I would think that after we have done that, we are dangerously close to having a, re a residence in Elmore County right. and a house up in Birmingham that we're in the process of getting ready to sell. Right. So that, that will really make us Elmorons, as Susan would call us. <laughs> Elmore County residents, Elmoron. So if you haven't heard that one before, you heard it first here. And next week we will be able to tell you all about the adventure of the move and how that worked out. Right, and hopefully we will not injure ourselves or drop any furniture or appliances and, and cause damage. We're really hoping that uh, we can, in our mid-50s here, uh, do, some, do some heavy lifting without any kind of problem. And when that's finished, won't it be nice to be able to focus for a change on growing things? Yes, we plan to do it and we'll keep you posted. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. We'd love to hear from you. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682, send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com, or you can send us honest-to-goodness mail at P.O. Box 780-446, Tallahassee, Alabama 36078. To browse our archive, to learn more about the farm and about Lee and Amanda, and to talk with other listeners, visit us at longleafbreeze.com. Thanks for listening. See you next week.